0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place, Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. So today, uh, the title of my sermon is Sin is Not My Identity, and that is something that yeah, I said in the first gathering, like, I was so back and forth, like, I don't, <laughs> who wants to get up in front of, you know, 100 people and tell them about sin? Like, it's not, not the funnest thing in the world to do, and especially not the way that I was brought up, uh, hearing about sin and my identity as a sinner. and And that's what I was told. Growing up, that's what I was told, and eventually, even when I... It wasn't anybody in my face. Like, I began to tell myself, You're a sinner. You're a sinner. You're just, never, you're just not going to get this right. If you would stop being a sinner, then these things would fall into place. Then you would stop doing X, Y, Z. And when I asked Holy Spirit, What really? I said, God, what hurts your heart about sin? And he told me so clearly, he said, try to show them what happens to the Father's heart when they sin. He said, try to express to them what is happening to me when they sin. And you guys, it's, we can go so deep into this. And I began to go down the rabbit trail and part of it, I think that's the problem. I ended up, I had four, almost five pages of notes coming into this with just thought after thought, thing that I was thinking, you know, great one liners and, and all this. And at the end of it, I said, God, what's the roadmap? Now, what do I do to actually express this to people? And I stayed up until about 11 o'clock last night and I could not make sense of it. I, I couldn't bring it together. And I'm like, God, I know this is from you. It had been confirmed over and over again. Caleb is literally preaching the same sermon right now in South Tampa. And we didn't know that that was happening. I had asked him during the week. I was like, is this legal for me to say this about sin? He's like, why? He's like, oh, God, like, he's questioning me. <laughs> I'm like, I might be preaching on this on Sunday. He goes, that's crazy. He's like, that's exactly what I'm preaching on. Now me and Caleb are two very different speakers, and you know the apostolic and the pastoral. So uh, the podcast is going to be interesting uh, this week. (laughs) I would encourage you guys to listen to this one and then listen to to what Caleb is is going to be saying. Um, But at the end of it, God finally told me he was like, "Leave the notes at home," and he gave me just four scriptures to walk through with nothing else surrounding them. And I almost, I was going to bring my notebook because I was like, okay, God, I'm gonna listen to you. But if I just do terribly in the first gathering, at least I have my notes to fall back on, you know, for the second, so you guys would get the good version. Um, and he told me, he very specifically, he said, no, said, leave it on the desk, don't bring it. So I did, I took it out of my bag, put it on the desk, went to the room, tried to lie to Gigi. And I wasn't trying to lie, but I was like, I can do this, I can be strong, like, this is gonna be okay. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing, tomorrow's gonna be great. <laughs> this is my strong face. She was like, what's going on? And I almost threw up. I, but I feel like God was showing me and I wanna share with you right now the simplicity of the word, the simplicity of we can go down these, we can try and figure out and theologically and this, and, and you know what you got to do? You got to connect to the father's heart. Before this word was ever written, the word was with God in the beginning. So before anybody had the chance to learn what was written through God by man, we, they had to connect to the Father's heart. And I mean, I love the word. I love the Bible. I love that we teach so much of it here. But as you're going into the word, if it is starting to confuse you, that's not God. If it is starting to stress you out, that's not the comforter. And last night, that's how I was starting to feel. And God said, simply give them the word, read through it, and then release whatever I have to give you. And and in a time right now where everybody has a good opinion, everybody has—let me take that back. Everybody has an opinion. (laughs) They are not all good opinions everybody's got an opinion and there's so many right now see to me sin why i originally it was uh the wages of sin is death that was my original title and that hurt me even saying it. even i know that's the word i know that's bible i'm like "Uh," like i was getting flashbacks to little puppets and bgmc you're going to hell uh But then God showed me, he's like, no, this is an identity crisis. This is my sons and my daughters don't truly believe who I say they are. Because when I asked, I said, what hurts your heart? He said, what hurts your heart about your kids? What, as a father, I have three children. I have my son who's in Michigan with his mom and I have my two daughters here. And as a youth pastor and just a counselor over the years, I've had many kids that are not my own flesh and blood, but I mean, there was quite a few of them that I sure did treat them like that financially, physically, and just having to be up at all times of the night, helping and counseling and and talking and talking them off the ledge, helping fix flat tires. Like, I feel like I've had a pretty good gauge of what a father's heart is towards children who don't really know who they are. Being a youth pastor here for uh, three, almost four years, and then being a youth pastor at other churches, I got a very good picture, especially of people that are young in their faith, not knowing who they are, while at the same time, the world and the enemy constantly trying to pour into them saying, this is your identity. This is who you are. Now you get to choose your identity. Forget what the Bible says. What do you feel like today? Who do you feel like today? There is, there is there's people now, some of them have tried to post on my Facebook, and man, I said I wouldn't say this. I don't care. I'm going for it. You know, there's opinions that, you know, Jesus was was the first transgender because he was only born of a woman but identified as a man. If you do not know your identity, if you don't know what the Father really thinks about you, that might almost sound logical to you, especially in this day and age where, I mean, it is constantly in our face And so when I asked God what what hurts his heart about that, he did. He told me, he's like, it's because I don't even know if we've forgotten. Some of us, I don't know if we ever truly believed what God said about us. So to do that, I need to walk you through a few scriptures. Romans 6, uh, 12 through 14. This is in the Passion Translation. Sin is a dethroned monarch. Right, my, my title for this scripture was, what is sin? It says, sin is a dethroned monarch. So you must no longer give it opportunity to rule over your life, control how you live, uh, and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. See, one of the problems is we keep treating and thinking of sin more so as an act instead of a person, a spirit that wants to rule over us. Hmm. So let's flip that the other way. Are we thinking of God more as an act rather than a spirit that sent his son to die so that way we would no longer be ruled by sin? See, because the problem with looking at sin as an act and not an entity is you can control whether you sin or not. You can control your identity of, am I a sinner? Am I doing this? You, now you have a sin problem instead of a habit problem. See, sin is an entity that is trying to drive a wedge between you and your identity and God. goes on to say so then refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness instead passionately answer god's call to keep yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life you live now for his pleasure ready to be used by his noble purpose remember this sin will not conquer you for god already has You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. Sin is a dethroned monarch. When God is explaining sin to us now through this context, he is trying to tell you that its power is gone. Its power to rule over you is gone. It's been paid for what Jesus did on the cross When we go, and I did this, this is just the way the Holy Spirit gave it to me. So now going back a little bit, so that was Romans 6, 12 through 14. Romans 6, 5 through 11, why sin has no power over us. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be uh, brought to nothing So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. This is why sin has no power over us. This is why the entity of sin, the only thing it can do now is try to confuse your mind. Jesus died for our sins, yes? Yes? If you believe that he was crucified and that you were crucified and united with him, you have to believe that you were also risen with him and that he will never, will Jesus ever die for your sins again? No. He is not sitting at the right hand of the Father saying, oh shoot, Jimmy messed up again. Oh, let me get back up on the cross. Let's do this all over again. Oh, it was good for a few days. Yay, I didn't have to get crucified again. No, there is, there is no, I won today, I didn't win today. It has forever been decided that Jesus died for our sins, that we have the fullness of God in us now and that we get to live no longer a slave to sin. So what power does the entity of sin have now? Confusion. Simply to confuse you into thinking that you are in control of this now. To confuse you to thinking that the thing that you did is now who you are. Has anybody ever felt? Has anybody ever felt that guilt before? Don't you don't have to raise your hand. But I'm like, I have. I've dealt with things sometimes for years. Anger was a big one growing up, and I was just angry because that's just, that's just who I am. How many times have you said that? That's just who I am. Well, I just can't, I, I just can't beat this because just, that's just who I am, but God still loves me. That is a terrible and dangerous statement. It's not, this is just who I am, but God still loves me. It's, no, God loves me and did this for me, so this is no longer who I am. This should feel foreign to me. I do not have a sin problem. I do not have a sin nature. I may have a sin habit, but that does not define who I am. We have to define ourselves only the way that God does. In Colossians 1 19 through 23, this is, I read this from last week. I'm telling you, this is one of those scriptures, all of these, but this is one of those scriptures that is pivotal for you knowing who you are. I ble- at, at a minimum, once a week, you should be reading this over you and your family. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. Right there. What? God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. we got to follow the trail here. Not that it's in you. Not that it's in the world. He, he, He is satisfied that his fullness is in Christ. He did that for a reason. He's saying this for a reason. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself. That is why he is satisfied that his fullness is in Christ because he sent his son to be the sin payment for us. So that way he can say, now everything is brought back to its original intent. Everything. Is there a single person on this earth that Jesus didn't die for? I don't care what you think about them. I don't care what they've done. I care what they've done to you or to the masses, from the best to the absolute worst. Jesus died for everyone. Even though you were once distanced from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you, his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own blood as the sin payment on your behalf. (laughs) The sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God. The thing that you think is your identity, that sin, as so many of us have said about ourselves, because when you're saying this is just who I am, you are saying that that is your nature. You are saying that that is the image you were created in. That is not true. That is not true. It says, and now there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. If indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation to grow upon, never be shaken from the hope of the gospel you have believed in. And this is the glorious news I preach all over the world. What if we went all over the world telling everybody that they were holy, flawless, and restored? The only way you can do that is to have a true understanding of what Jesus did for you, how he sees you. We do not have a sin problem. We do not have, uh, we do not have an, an unholy problem. We do not have this. We have an identity crisis. If It is. We're sitting where we don't belong. And we felt uncomfortable and we didn't know why. Sin is uncomfortable because it's not natural to you. It is not natural to how God created you or how your father sees you. When, when I mean, oh my God, this is weird. Everybody, without thinking, like everybody just fold your arms. Everybody, fold your arms. All right, now flip them. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) It ain't natural. It's not natural. That is how sin should feel. I don't belong here. This is not how I should be right now. Please don't put that on the line. That is not your identity. That is not where you belong. And when you, start to, when you have a full understanding of how God sees you, I said this last week, can you sit here and say, I am holy, I am flawless, I am restored? If you can't, then you don't believe the way God does about you. Maybe that's the true effect of sin. Maybe that's the real problem, that sin is actually just believing less than God believes about you. Maybe that's the real problem that we have right now. Because this is legal, man. This is what God says. This is what sin is. This is why it has no power over you. And now this is what I think about you. This is how I see you, restored to innocence, holy, flawless. You know what hurts the Father's heart, when you think differently. My daughters in my house, you know what hurts me? If I put them to bed at night in my house that I have paid for, that I have double-checked that all the doors are locked, that I have my guns within arm's length, and that I know that above everything else that God is protecting us, that when they don't have faith in what I am telling them, that they are safe right now. That hurts my heart. That would hurt my heart. My kids don't have that problem. They go to bed, we pray, they know I'm covered. Did they do everything perfectly right that day? No. Did they believe that Daddy will fight for them and protect them to his very last breath? Absolutely. All my girls do. That's what hurts the father's heart. This isn't that you messed up today. This isn't that you keep messing up because what he knows is that as as unfamiliar as it feels to cross your arms the wrong way, he was like, why do you keep doing that? Why do you keep doing this thing that that's not even natural to who you are? And then the fear of, which I like to think that anybody that's been around TRP for any amount of time knows this, but again, and Caleb is teaching me, like just because I know this doesn't mean everybody does. Uh, and even if you do, we're going to say it over and over again because that's the importance of the word, of getting it over and over. Romans 8, 31 through 39 in the ESV. What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who'd, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Just that gift he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised with who is at the right hand of the Father, who, in, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are not big enough to separate yourself from God. I'm sorry you are not that powerful your sin habit is not that strong and maybe this will be a part two. see what this really is about this ain't about your salvation this ain't about separating you from the love of god this is about separating you from bringing heaven to earth this is about how much heaven are we going to experience here i know how much i'm going to experience up there i know how much i'm going to experience when i'm glorified How much are we going to experience here? And we have to believe, one, what is sin? It is an entity. It is a person. It is a spirit that is trying to separate you from your identity. Why does sin have no power over us? Because Jesus ain't getting on that cross again. He said, this is a one and done. I am getting up here and you never have to fight this battle again. What do you have to do? You have to believe that you are holy, that you are flawless, and that you are restored. You speak that over your, I don't care what you did today. I don't care what you might do tomorrow. You speak that. Colossians 1, 19 through 23. And that's, specific, that's in the Passion Translation. You speak that over your life every day. I promise you will start. It will feel weird if you sin because it is not natural to your identity. God loves you so much that he gave his son to die for you. Knowing that, uh, that we w- might not believe what he says about us, that we'll have a hard time accepting the truth of who we are, because it's a lot easier to crucify ourselves than to believe that we are risen with him and seated at the right hand of the Father. But that's the truth. That is who you are. And so I I say it with all the love of my heart, just like my daughters, you know what, you want to make me happy? Believe who I say you are. Believe in you as much as I do. You're getting bad grades, you're getting whatever. You're not dumb. We, we got to figure it out and we'll do it together. Do not separate yourself from me. Why do most children go astray? Because they have separated themselves from healthy parents because they think they can figure it out. I thought I could figure it out myself and I separated myself from the safety and the identity of my home, of my father and my mother. Thank God I came back. I think there's a lot of us that Father God is looking at us saying, come back. Come back to your true identity. Not because you've walked away from your side. Not because I don't love you anymore. We've proven that already. Come back to belief and the safety of who you are in Christ. Everybody stand up with me, please. If I can have the prayer team come up. I'm going to give the same call that i did last week because it just you guys is just rocking me if you are standing here today and you have a hard time a question anything if you cannot say i am holy i am flawless i am restored if you say those things and something else but am i holy because what about this God, show me what you think about me. I am flawless. Well, that's not true. Uh, No, God, show me what you think about me until I only see that and then I only see myself that way. This is an identity crisis. If you cannot say those things without guilt or shame in your heart, then I encourage you to please come down and, and, and get with these prayer partners. Get... Just let us speak that over you. It's not a lie. It's the word of God. Whether you feel it right now or not, whether you identify with that right now or not, it's not a lie. It's the truth. So let's speak the truth until it becomes feeling natural. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.